tomorrow at noon Eastern Standard Time, the Michigan Wolverines and the Penn State Nittany Lions will take the field to face off in what is going to be a Big Ten matchup of top 10 teams, what I think is going to be the game of the week, and what I think is going to be the highest quality matchup of the week. I think that Michigan is the number one team in the country, and I personally have Penn State ranked inside of my top eight. I think that Penn State is a near-elite team, a great team, and with the home field environment of Beaver Stadium, they can win. I think Michigan's the best team in the country, the most dominant and efficient team in the country, even despite all of the scandal and news surrounding them. I think the Wolverines have legitimately built themselves to be one of the best teams in college football. Yesterday, I made a video detailing five reasons why I think Penn State will beat Michigan tomorrow. I wanted to put myself in a different perspective as I am a college football fan and I think of myself as pretty objective, but I'm also a Michigan fan and I also, from the lens that I look through things, looking at statistics, efficiency, breaking the Wolverines and Nittany Lions down position by position, I came away thinking that even with objectivity, I think that Michigan is going to win this football game. If you want to see my score prediction and some other predictions for this matchup, make sure to check out my Penn State and Michigan preview and prediction video via the link in the description and the pinned comment. Also check out my video detailing five reasons why I think Penn State will beat Michigan and also my way too early preview and deep analysis for this video. So yesterday's video was just me trying to put myself in the shoes of someone who thinks that Penn State's going to win, and me trying to come up with five reasons why I think the Nittany Lions can get it done tomorrow. But I do think Michigan is going to emerge victorious, and today I wanted to give five reasons why I think Michigan will beat Penn State. This video reflects my opinions, like my own opinions, Yesterday's video more so reflects me playing devil's advocate against my own prediction. So I hope that clears up some confusion, but I'm picking Michigan to win. I just wanted to play devil's advocate yesterday. It was fun. I thought that a lot of people in the comments were very supportive of that idea, and it got Penn State fans more engaged. Today, I'm giving five reasons why the Michigan Wolverines are going to go into Happy Valley, and they're going to come out with a victory. But before we get any further, please make sure to hit the like button on this video so we can get it into the algorithm. Click that subscribe button so that you can join this awesome Big Ten football and college football community. And click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I upload new Big Ten football, Michigan football, Penn State football, and college football content. We're trying to reach 20,000 subscribers by the end of the 2023 season, and with your help, we can do so. Also, comment your own prediction for Penn State versus Michigan and your thoughts on Michigan football down in the comments below so that we can have a conversation. And lastly, make sure to check out my Patreon page if you want to support the channel. And depending on your tier, earn bonus content. And you can do that via the pinned comment in the comment section or the link to my Patreon in the video description. Without further ado, let's talk about reason number one why I think the Michigan Wolverines will emerge victorious in this matchup, and that is superior coaching. Jim Harbaugh, 
He is 15 and 20 as a head coach against top 25 teams, and he is on a 34 and 3 run since the beginning of the 2021 season. Now, I know this is probably the most controversial point of the whole video given the the evidence supporting Connor Stallions and potentially more Michigan assistant coaches being involved in illicit and illegal scouting methods, but here we are. I think there's no doubt that regardless of the impact that advanced signal and sign stealing had to benefit Michigan at the detriment of the other 13 Big Ten programs, Michigan has changed in other areas, not just in their gathering of key information. Michigan fired Don Brown and brought in Mike McDonald, and after Mike McDonald left, they brought in Jesse Minter, both of whom are much better defensive coordinators than Don Brown ever was, despite the fact that Mike McDonald in 2021 did not have the same talent on defense. In NFL terms, I'd argue that the 2018 or 17 defense did under Don Brown, yet he fielded a unit that was clutch, defended against the big play relatively well, and... He beat Ohio State as a defensive coordinator. And same with Jesse Minter in 2022. Michigan also returned more so to Jim Harbaugh's traditional offense at the beginning of the 2021 season. There were still some elements of Josh Gaddis's speed and space and spread concepts, and you still see that with Michigan's offense today. But the Josh Gaddis experiment and of trying to make Michigan into a spread tempo offense with RPOs didn't work. And neither did Jim Harbaugh trying to go full pro style and full San Francisco 49ers from 2015 to 2018. That didn't work either. So what he did is he took the best of both worlds. Ben Herbert was brought in as the strength and conditioning coach in 2018 and He's actually involved with another reason why I think Michigan will win this game, so we'll get into that later in the video. But Ben Herbert coming in in 2018 and then having four years of developing and training a roster to be built like an unbreakable stone, to be built like literally the X-Men character Wolverine with an adamantium skeleton where very few programs could beat Michigan, could outlast Michigan, just like how very few characters in Marvel can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Wolverine. You're dead when you face him if you're an average Marvel character. That's been Michigan since 2021, to use a very loose analogy. Harbaugh is not perfect against top 25 competition or top 10 competition by any means. He has a losing record against those teams. He beats the teams almost always that he should. And in the past two and a half seasons, he has a 500 record against top 10 competition going 1 and 2 in 2021 and 2 and 1 in 2022. And he's undefeated against Penn State in that same stretch. He has only lost to Penn State 3 times, but he has beaten them 5 times. So a 5 and 3 record against James Franklin, a 2 and 5 record against Ohio State, a 2 and 1 record against Ryan Day. Michigan has one of the best coaching staffs in the country. Jim Harbaugh is one of the better coaches in college football. I think he's a better head coach than James Franklin, and I think that Jesse Minter is a better defensive coordinator than Manny Diaz, and I think that Sharon Moore, as of this year at least, is a better offensive coordinator, despite having less experience, a better offensive coordinator than Mike Yurcich. And I think that Sharon Moore is a CEO, head coach caliber coordinator right now. If Michigan wins it all this season, 
and maybe even if they don't, I think Sharon Moore is destined to get a head coaching job soon. Him or Minter and probably some other lower-level assistants too could be future head coaches or could be future high-level, high-paid coordinators. This staff is built to run a powerhouse program. And again, regardless of Michigan's scandal, the Wolverines' post-2020 coaching changes transformed their program. There's no arguing that. Now, there's an argument as to how much the sign-stealing benefited Michigan. It benefited Michigan in some way. You're lying to yourself if you think that Michigan's cheating was, quote-unquote, useless and didn't change anything. No, it did change things. That's why Michigan cheated. I'm saying this as a Michigan fan, too. Michigan needs to be punished in some way. And so far, while I'm recording this episode, the Big Ten hasn't levied any punishment. They keep kicking the can down the road. And really, I frankly use this term, but they look like a bunch of idiots right now, and they've wasted my time because I want to report on this with valuable information. And there hasn't been much information or punishments handed down, but maybe I'll make a video tomorrow. And my time isn't very valuable, but nonetheless... I'm frustrated with the whole process of how this has been handled, and I'm sick and tired of people talking about it. It's valid to talk about in regards to on-the-field performance, but the news that's just going into outer space land, like Connor Stallions and Blake Corum's supposed business, why are we talking about that? Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about Michigan football on the field. And if you want to talk about how the sign-stealing impacted Michigan's results, I'm all here to do that. But I'm telling you there's more to Michigan's turnaround in recent years than just Connor Stallion's operation. Jim Harbaugh, he got on the bus to get on the plane to make the trip down to Happy Valley. He's going to be on the sidelines. I'm 100% sure about that, though maybe I could be wrong. And he'll be there coaching against Penn State with an elite coaching pool of assistants. So I think superior coaching compared to Penn State and really compared to most teams in the nation and all teams in the Big Ten, I think is a reason, a big reason, why Michigan wins this game. Even if Jim Harbaugh isn't coaching in this matchup and let's say Sharon Morris to take over his head coach duties, I would still pick Michigan to win. Maybe not by the same margin that I predicted in my preview and prediction segment, which again... Check that out via the comment section or the link in the description if you want to see my exact score prediction. I would still pick Michigan to win with Sharon Moore as head coach. That's how much I trust Sharon Moore to manage this team. It also goes to show how much I don't trust James Franklin to win a big game, but I would trust Sharon Moore to take care of this team and guide it to the playoff and potentially guide this team to going 2-0 and in the playoffs and winning the whole thing. I think this team's very good, and I think Sharon Moore is a good enough game manager from what I have seen, good enough CEO, and someone who really puts fire in his guys and is a good leader, and also good strategist. He's done a good job calling plays on offense this season. Really love Sharon Moore as offensive coordinator. Love Jesse Minner as defensive coordinator. But I don't want to get too ahead of myself, and I don't want to lag throughout the video. So let's get on to reason number two, dominant defense. Michigan has one of the best defenses in all of college football, just like Penn State. They allow 0.117 points per play, which is first nationally, and they're first in points per game, only allowing 6.7. 
points per game. Penn State is ahead of Michigan in yards per play allowed, and for the longest time, I think until last week, they were ahead of Michigan in yards per game allowed defensively. But Michigan has pretty consistently been ahead of nearly everyone for much of this season in points per play allowed and in points per game allowed, and also yards per point allowed on defense, and also points per play margin, yards per point margin, factoring in scoring offense and scoring defense both for games and for specific plays. And that's because Michigan only allows 55% of their opponent's red zone trips to be turned into scores. That's nuts, and they have not allowed a first and goal all season long. This defense, even though they have not played many offenses with a pulse, or in the case of Rutgers, UNLV, teams who I think have competent offenses, Rutgers is a one-dimensional offense, and UNLV is a group of five school. So again, circling back to Michigan's strength of schedule, their defense really has yet to be tested in a big way. But they've done well against the run. They do well against the pass. They're second in the country in passer rating allowed. Second, only behind number one Ohio State. And I think that while Georgia and Ohio State, those are the top two secondaries, I think the Michigan Wolverines are right there at number three. And depending on how they do against Penn State and for the rest of the season, maybe they have that argument to have the nation's best secondary by the end of the year. If Michigan's defense can halt Penn State in the red zone and force several three and outs, it will be a long day for Penn State. A very long day. Because this Michigan team is content. They're similar to Ohio State in this way. They are content to let you move up to midfield, up to the 40, maybe the 30, maybe the 20, maybe you touch the red zone, and then this defense clamps down. They're like a bear trap. They take your limb off the minute you get into striking distance, and and the more the field compresses it, it's harder to move against this defense. Not allowing a first and goal all season long is nuts. I mean, that's that's absolutely crazy. Josiah Stewart, Jalen Harrell, Braden McGregor, Derek Moore, these are players to watch at defensive end. Chris Jenkins is a first-round pick, future first-round pick at defensive tackle. Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant are defensive tackles with both speed and size. At linebacker, Michigan's junior Colson's playing well. Same with Michael Barrett and Ernest Hausman, a young player who's in that rotation. The secondary is getting healthier every game. And Josh Wallace, despite suffering an injury against Purdue, seems 100% and ready to go. Him, Mikey Sainra still, Will Johnson, and Amorian Walker, and Makari Page, Rod Moore, and Quentin Johnson, all these players in the secondary, I mean, they're high, they're high level. Michigan's secondary is full of high-level players at corner, safety. Mikey Sainer stills all over the field. There have been a few times where he's allowed big plays, but that's because he's there to tackle you. He gets sacks. He gets tackles for loss. He has two interceptions returned for six. I mean, he's an elite player. And Will Johnson, as Zachary Priest said on our live show last night, he would be a day one NFL draft pick right now if he was eligible. I mean, that is how good, that's how good Will Johnson is as a player. 
So Michigan's dominant defense, I think, is reason number two why they win this matchup. And like in the Penn State video, these reasons stack on top of each other. With num- with reason number one being the most likely reason why, whether Penn State or Michigan will win this game, and then the further we get from reason number one, the less I think these reasons are going to have an actual impact on the game, but they stack on each other. So the elite coaching and the dominant defense, those are tied together. Those are interwoven, and it's going to be the same from reason number two and number one to number three. That's McCarthy's talent. I don't think it's as critical for J.J. McCarthy to play his A++ game against Penn State in order for Michigan to win, as I think it's as critical for Drew Aller to play the best game of his season against Michigan if Penn State wants to win. But I think that J.J. McCarthy playing a great game is exponentially more likely than Drew Aller playing a great game. The reason for that is McCarthy has been the better quarterback and the much more efficient quarterback, actually, for the whole season. McCarthy is more experienced, having started last year, and he also has a better supporting cast. McCarthy is a better offensive line. He has better running backs. He, in my opinion, has better tight ends, though that one's up for debate. I'd say similarly with the running back room, because Donovan Edwards has been disappointing as a rusher, and Corum is 16 rushing touchdowns, but that's not necessarily phenomenal given the fact that he has only 600, 700 rushing yards. He's a phenomenal player. I think Edwards is a great player. But Catron Allen and Nicholas Singleton, despite their rushing attack not being as as impressive as we thought it was going to be in the preseason, it's still similar to Michigan. So I think there's some debate there. But Michigan has the better offensive line. And more importantly, they have the much deeper stable of receivers. And Roman Wilson, I think, is a better wide receiver one than Keandre Lambert-Smith is. And that combined with better experience more mature talent, and a quarterback who's just been extremely efficient at completing passes. He completes about 75% of his passes. J.J. McCarthy is 2,134 passing yards, 18 passing touchdowns, with only three interceptions, all of which came in the game against Bowling Green, where he had two passing touchdowns and three interceptions. And he has a 92.3 quarterback efficiency rating, which is second nationally, only behind LSU's Jaden Daniels, who I personally think if LSU wins out or, you know what, screw it regardless, as long as he continues to do what he's been doing game after game, Daniels should win the Heisman. Right now, he looks like the nation's best quarterback, might be the nation's best player. It's either him, Brock Bowers, or Marvin Harrison Jr., I think, that offensively could be the nation's best players. Defensively, It's a little tougher to grade, but there are some phenomenal defensive players out there. Dallas Turner is an example Uh, for Michigan. Will Johnson's been great. Mikey Sainer is still for Ohio State. They have Josh Proctor at safety, but this isn't a Heisman video. Nonetheless, J.J. McCarthy has played in these first nine games like a Heisman caliber quarterback. I don't think he's the nation's best quarterback. I don't think he should win the Heisman Trophy. I think that some of these numbers of his, like him completing over 10 yards per pass attempt, will shrink when he faces superior competition. But against lesser opponents, he's been phenomenal. And this has been consistent. 
in eight of his eight out of his nine games, he's played like an elite quarterback. So there's something to the fact, I think, that J.J. McCarthy is an elite player. And I know that he's faced poor competition. We have to mention that over and over again. But he showcases, showcases creativity. He has athleticism. He's rushed for over 100 yards. He's averaging over three yards per carry on the ground. He isn't scrambling as much as he did last season. But he has good ball placement. He has arm strength. He completes over 90% of his passes when he's outside of the pocket. And he can you know, speed games up really, really fast. Or he can slow games down and be perfectly content with handing the ball off or chewing clock, doesn't delay the football game, just very disciplined, very aware, calm, and poised. He is what you want in a quarterback. J.J. McCarthy, I think, in this game is going to play well. I said in my preview and prediction video, I'm not going to specify how many yards or touchdown passes I think he will have though I did give a prediction for how many yards I think he'd pass for, an estimate, I think he will have success. Let's just put it that way. No, Roman Wilson nor Cornelius Johnson are Emeka Igbuka or Marvin Harrison Jr. Michigan's receivers will not get the same separation that Ohio State's did, but Michigan has a better run game than Ohio State. They have a better quarterback who Michigan's receivers will not get the same separation, but McCarthy will do a better job of threading the needle and of putting the ball more on point and in areas where only his receivers can get it, as opposed to Kyle McCord, who does not have the same accuracy, touch, or pocket presence or awareness that J.J. McCarthy has. The Wolverines will need their star quarterback to avoid turnovers while also taking calculated risks for big plays that make Penn State's defense take risks and question their identity as a defense. Michigan does not need McCarthy, at least I don't think, and I don't expect them to need McCarthy to straight out win the football game for them. I think he can, though, and that's what matters. Whether they need him to or not, we'll have to see Saturday, but I think he can win the game for them, and he's reason number three. His talent, his discipline, his skill is the third reason why I think Michigan comes out on top against the Nittany Lions. He will work well with this rushing attack. And I think McCarthy being an efficient passer, taking these calculated risks, if he does that, will open up the ground game. Michigan's staff putting together a great game plan and outcoaching Penn State, and Michigan's defense stepping up and forcing three and outs will allow this offense to feel out Penn State's defense and find weaknesses. I think with Penn State's habitual blitzing and with a run defense right now that is number one in college football, even though I think Penn State's run defense is inflated, I'm assuming that Michigan will first have to get some plays in the passing attack before they can really have success on the ground. And I think the rushing attack is what can deliver the final blow for the Wolverines. Michigan has ran for 1,504 yards and 25 touchdowns, while averaging 4.6 yards per carry. They averaged 5.6 yards per carry last season, so the rushing attack has taken a step back, but Blake Corum has 16 rushing touchdowns, 649 yards rushing, 
and all of those rushing touchdowns were inside the five. So Michigan's rushing attack is still a point monster. Do they get big plays? No. Will they run for 400 yards on this Penn State defense? Or would they even run for 400 yards on last year's Penn State defense? No, because I think Olu Oluwatimi had a really great ability of just double-teaming opposing defenses. Opposing defenses this year have been more... They've been more disciplined with stacking the box. They've taken into account Michigan's desire to ground and pound more so than they did last year. And Michigan wants to pass the football more. All of those things factor into Michigan having a less successful rushing attack than they did last year. Both Michigan adapting their scheme, opponents adapting their scheme, and Oluoluatimi was an All-American center last year for a reason. Dude was an intelligent player, a disciplined player. He was an athletic beast, too. So I hope Oluwatimi has success. Love him as a player. I love Donovan Edwards, and I love Blake Corum as players, too, though. And J.J. McCarthy's factored into the rushing attack. Same with Kalel Mullings and Drake Nugent, Zach Zinner, and Trevor Keegan. The interior offensive line for Michigan still remains a strength. This offensive line has allowed eight sacks in the past three games, Michigan has struggled to run the football in Big Ten play and even non-conference play against some of these lesser opponents. Like, they struggled to run against East Carolina, for example. But I think that in this game, there is a chance for Michigan to pop off some sizable runs and to get a dominant ground game going. The Wolverines, need I remind you, still rush on 59% of their plays, and the run game is important to their success and dominance. Michigan can afford to get off schedule, though, because J.J. McCarthy has a habit of converting, sorry for that mess up there, but converting third downs rather successfully. As a Michigan fan, when I see my team facing a third and long, I have confidence now, and I expect them to convert that third down, whether that is third and one, or whether that's third and eight, or third and nine, or even third and 15, I think McCarthy has that type of arm and he has that type of receiver in Roman Wilson and others in Cornelius Johnson, Colston Loveland, A.J. Barner, and even Donovan Edwards out of the backfield to make plays in the passing game. Michigan will win this game if they can break 150 yards rushing and have multiple rushing touchdowns. If they do that, they will win this game, unless for some reasons Michigan... Michigan's defense completely wets the bed, falls asleep, and lets Penn State bully them on the ground and through the air. And I think it's very unlikely, given the fact that Michigan, like Penn State, does have a stout defense. The reason why I think Michigan's offense helps them win, and is a reason why they will win, is because their offense is that much more ahead of Penn State's offense. They have more dynamic players. They have the better trench play. Michigan, I think J.J. McCarthy could be an X-Factor quarterback, and Saturday will help determine that. I don't think Drew Aller is an X-Factor quarterback yet. Maybe he shows up, like I said in my Five Reasons Why Penn State Will Win video. He was reason number five. His talent was the fifth reason why Penn State could beat Michigan. Is He does have that talent within him, but... I'm not very confident 
in him showing up with his talent. And even if he does, I think there are other more important reasons as to why Penn State would beat Michigan, like their run defense, their pass defense, Beaver Stadium. That's that's a home field environment that I think adds a touchdown to Penn State when they play in Beaver Stadium. I mean, the point swing in favor of Penn State when they play in Beaver Stadium is more so than I think perhaps any other stadium in college football. On average, home field advantage in college football is only worth about three points. I think it's closer to seven or six points when you talk about Beaver Stadium, much more so than a field goal for sure. Michigan's rush attack can quiet the crowd. The run game is so important for Michigan. This is going to be a physical game. It's November weather. Penn State's secondary is great. So is Michigan's. I think that running the ball and being the tougher team will be a factor in who wins this game. And that's reason number five, is toughness, straight up. Michigan has been the tougher team for the past two seasons, and I think they're the tougher team today. More than half of Michigan's starting lineup is composed of veteran seniors, many of whom are future NFL players. Think of Chris Jenkins. Think of Drake Nugent. Think of Zach Zinner, Trevor Keegan. Think of Braden McGregor. Think of Jalen Harrell. Think of Mikey Sainristil. Think of, I know Rod Moore isn't a senior, but he's going to be taken in the 2024 NFL draft unless he comes back. And think of Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson and Blake Corum. Blake Corum's a senior. He could have been drafted last year, probably in the second round, even with his injury, and he wanted to come back. Michigan has so much experience. This is an an argument that I had, a friendly argument, just, you know, like a debate, talking about what benefited Michigan, the cheating, the coaching changes, or other factors, and it was just friendly banter between I and other college football fans, and a point that I brought up is the COVID year. Michigan disproportionately benefited from the COVID year, perhaps compared to any other program. Because Michigan is not an NFL factory like Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State, but they're an NFL factory in the Tier 2 sense. Those three teams are Tier 1 NFL factories. Michigan is like a smaller, medium-sized NFL factory. Michigan is the Dr. Pepper to... Ohio State's Coca-Cola, and let's say Alabama's Pepsi. Smaller brand, but still good, produces an elite product according to some. I mean, there are NFL teams who draft Michigan players intentionally. But because Michigan is a Tier 2 NFL factory, and everyone wants to go in the first round, players will often stay behind an extra year in hopes to boost their draft stock. So while Ohio State, Alabama, or Georgia players will be favored because of better recruiting and better development, and also because of their reputation in some cases, while they can go in the first round after they're a redshirt sophomore, or when they're a junior, so on and so forth, when they become eligible, they're immediately a first rounder, therefore they leave. Michigan players might be a third or second rounder when they're eligible, so they come back for extra years Therefore, Michigan continuously, with the sixth-year senior, the sixth-year senior rule, the COVID-year rule, they've returned some of these players who are 
you know, lower draft NFL players, or like lower round NFL draft picks, rather, that's the better way to put it. And therefore, Michigan has NFL players, older, more mature, more physical players staying in college. Meanwhile, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia are changing their roster basically every season. Michigan is still putting out NFL draft picks and prospects while also retaining some of them in hopes that they boost their draft stock, which gives the team more X-Factor players, a more physical unit, and a more experienced unit. And thanks to that sixth year, Michigan has had even more returning production than they would have otherwise. That's why over half of Michigan's roster is composed of seniors who will likely have some playing time in the NFL. And that's why next year I expect Michigan to take a sizable step back because they'll be losing guaranteed more than half of their starters, if not more than two-thirds or three-fourths of their starters. Michigan has an experience edge over Penn State. I'd say they have an experience advantage and a talent advantage combined with experience over anyone else in college football. They were top five in returning production to begin the season, and they're top 15 in roster talent from high school recruiting rankings. And if you take into account Ben Herbert's development and his strength and conditioning and Michigan's coaching staff, it's no wonder that Michigan has had success over the previous three seasons. The coaching changes, the illegal scouting, and the COVID year, that all helped Michigan. But I'd argue that the COVID year helped more than a lot of people would like to think. And Michigan right now is packed full of COVID seniors. These are players that have played on the road, that have remembered losses to Penn State. Some were on the team. In fact, many were on the team in 2019. They remember losing to Ohio State. They also remember going on the road and beating Ohio State in 22 and beating Penn State in 21. And with all that experience and skill and talent and with Michigan's just their desire to run the football and play good defense, this is a tough team. They can run the football well. They're elite at defending the run. Their trench play right now Averaging O-line and D-line play might be the best in the nation. Michigan's consistent in all phases. The tougher team, as I've said in my preview and prediction video and my way-too-early analysis and deep analysis of Penn State versus Michigan, I said the tougher team will win this game. And from what we know so far, I think that favors the Wolverines, not just in this game, but in future Big Ten games against Maryland and likely Ohio State this season. So Michigan, their coaching staff, their defense, J.J. McCarthy's talent, Donovan Edwards, Blake Corm, and the offensive line, and Ben Herbert, and that strength and conditioning program in the COVID year, all of those align as reasons why I think Michigan wins this football game. Thank you so much for watching this video and supporting the channel. I appreciate your comments. I appreciate your likes. I also appreciate your criticism. I really do. That's what I love about the community of college football fans, or the college football community, rather. Pardon me, I'm tired. But there's just well-reasoned argument, well-reasoned debate, great analysis. You guys always see something that I manage to miss, and I'm pretty sure vice versa. I bring things to the table as well, and that's what's awesome. It's like a big Thanksgiving dinner. That's what the college football community is. Thank you to Crash2488, Anthony McDowell, and Justin Rogg for being Heisman patrons. 
Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst, Noity DLC, and SFS Inverted for being All-American patrons. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Za for being All-Conference patrons. Have a great day, guys, and I will see you all around. Bye-bye.